Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, 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 welcome to Calvary Live. What is up, Colorado? Uh, My name is Cody King, and I'm your host today to take your questions and your prayer requests um, here on Calvary Live on Grace FM. I want to welcome all of our listeners on Grace FM up and down the front range from Denver, down into Pueblo, up into even uh, Wyoming. Um, and so that's such a great thing to be able to uh, spend time with you. Also, uh, as far as I know, I think it reaches a little bit maybe into Nebraska, uh, something like that. So if you're listening, then welcome. Glad to have you on the radio with us today. Uh, also want to thank our listeners on the East Coast. We've got uh, uh, this show is syndicated on a couple of different uh, stations on the East Coast. Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Welcome to you guys. It's great to have you. Also, Truth FM in Tennessee, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Uh, We love being able to reach out to our uh, brothers and sisters in Christ and listeners over on the East Coast. Uh, So uh, welcome. It's uh, great to have you with us together today as well. Hey, if you are listening to this broadcast on the East Coast, then you are hearing it on a one-week delay. So um, just wanted to make you aware of that. And maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you didn't know that this is uh, pre-recorded uh, from a, a week ago. But um, you can still call in. We're still here in studio. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to answer your questions. So give us a call. Uh, we'd love to be able to connect with you. And then you have the added bonus of tuning in next week and hearing yourself. Uh, what a cool thing. Hey, like I said, my name is Cody King. I am uh, the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary. Uh, my family and I moved out to Colorado five years ago to plant Redemption, uh, and we did it with a um, uh, like a home Bible study. You know, it's kind of, uh, we're part of the Calvary Chapel family of churches, and that's kind of the typical Calvary thing is, you know, we start a home Bible study and see what God does. And uh, kind of one of those crazy things that you, you don't really know, especially when you move a thousand miles and you uh, go into a, a city and you just open up your home. I remember sitting in my living room thinking, who in the world in their right mind would come to this? Um, and interesting enough, you know, God is so crazy. He uh, He's planted a church, you know, uh, that that's a, an amazing thing. And that's really when church planting is done um, well, it's done correctly, it's done biblically, it's done in a godly way. That's how it happens. The The truth is, not, not that's how it happens, like you got to start in a house. That's not what I mean. What I mean is Jesus is the one who plants the church. He's the senior pastor. He's the leader. It is miraculous that God has planted a church here uh, where we're at. And uh, Redemption Calvary, we're in Commerce City uh, up here uh, on the northern side of Metro Denver. Uh, what a, a cool thing to be able to be here. Uh, we have just recently moved uh, our, our Sunday morning meeting space. Uh, we're currently meeting at the Holiday Inn Express, which is 
uh, right near the Prairie Center Shopping Center in Brighton. So if you're if you're from around here, if you know what's going on uh, in this area, in you know uh, up north and in, in North Metro Denver area, Brighton and uh, Thornton and Commerce City. Uh, then you know where that's at because that's probably where you go to, you know, go to Target or Home Depot or get the sweet, delicious Chick-fil-A. Uh, then that's where you know uh, where we're at. So that hotel, Holiday Inn Express, is right by that Prairie View Prairie Center Shopping Center. So uh, we'd love to have you join us. We are having currently one service at 10 a.m. Uh, and if you want directions, you want to check out some stuff about the church, maybe read some things or listen to some messages, then you can look at our website. It's redemptioncalvary.org. That's redemptioncalvary.org. And uh, we'd love to be able to have you join us on Sunday. If you do come to church on Sunday because you heard me on the radio or maybe you've listened into our radio program uh, or you hear me even now, uh, then I'd love for you to let me know that. It'd be, it'd be awesome to connect with you and just to know that you're listening in to Calvary Live and, and you heard me on the radio and that's uh, what prompted you to show up. We'd love to have you at 10 a.m. Sunday at uh, the Holiday Inn Express there in Brighton. Hey, also, uh, Redemption Calvary, we have a radio program that broadcasts here on Grace FM. It airs weeknights, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 8 p.m., uh, it's called Redemption Radio. Currently, we're, go- we're going through, I believe it's 1 Corinthians is, is what we're going through. Uh, and we also have a uh, Sunday uh, broadcast at 9.30 in the morning. Um, so, hey, I'd love for you to give me a call uh, right here uh, at Calvary Live. You can call me at 303-690-3000. Or you can also send in a text message at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. So call me at three zero three six nine zero three thousand, or text me at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. I'd love to be able to hear from you, to be able to talk to you, and to see what God's doing in you. Hey, uh, at Redemption Calvary, we are just we just started last week a brand new series going through the Old Testament book of Malachi. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to go through Malachi or to read Malachi. But I know that as I was talking to some people after uh, service, that there are a number of people in our church who haven't, they haven't really even cracked their Bible open to that section of scripture. And for me, that's an exciting thing that, that we get to venture into, to voyage into some uncharted territory for people where they've never even thought to open their Bible. And I actually had one person tell me, I'm not really even sure that I was going to get anything out of this. And and as we studied through that first study in Malachi, um, it was just it was just mind blowing that that uh, God was able to meet with us to so many people, and it's such a cool thing that you we just open up God's Word and He speaks to us. And so uh, we're going to be continuing through our study in Malachi this Sunday, uh, picking up uh, part way through chapter one, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what God has for us in that beautiful uh, and really um, thought provoking Old Testament uh, prophet. So. Uh, love to hear from you. Um, also, just want to uh, welcome our uh, listeners uh, from Ukraine and um, uh, uh, all over the world, really, uh, with our Grace FM app. You guys can listen in on the app or online at gracefm.com. Uh, so we'd love to shout out to all those listeners listening from all over the place that are there. Hey, you can, you guys can call and text in as well. Also, uh, Oregon, South Dakota, Minnesota, Texas, Indiana, that we got a bunch of listeners uh, listening in uh, all on the app right now. So it's awesome that you guys are listening in. Give me a call. Give me a text. I'd love to be able to talk with you. Uh, so let's go to our phone lines now. 
Uh, let's go to Anne in Commerce City. Anne, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, Cody. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. So um, I think I've asked you this question before, but um, I kind of wanted a little bit more clarification um, about the gift of mercy. You know, they have a lot of um, ministries and church for people that have gift of, of like, hospitality and that kind of a little oh. harder to serve in church if you have the gift of mercy. It's not quite as visible. Sure. So I was wondering if you could offer some advice on like how to serve within the church capacity when you have that gift. Yeah, that's a great, great question. Yeah, the, the gift of mercy is one of those that is uh, sort of, I don't know, I guess misunderstood a lot of times because just like you said, a lot of people, they don't really know, they don't really have a category for it. You know, there's not like a you know, you don't hear an announcement on Sunday mornings, hey, if you'd like to serve in the gift of mercy ministry, then uh, go sign up. Uh, and so it's really difficult for us to know exactly what uh, to do about it. Um, but so essentially the idea of the gift of mercy um, is that it's this thing whereby um, it's almost like the idea of what we would call from a secular mindset, like empathy, uh, the ability to uh, feel uh, for people in a, a way that is uh, empathetic toward their situation. Um, and so as, as we look at the idea of, of this idea of the gift of mercy, it's this ability to use um, your life as a way to show the love of God to people in situations that they find themselves in. Um, it is definitely a supernatural spiritual gift that God gives to people. Um, and, you know, what, what we tend to find is that people who are on that side of things, they, they tend to have a little bit more of an, um, a connection to their emotions uh, and their ability to, to think uh, emotionally that way or think with their heart. Um, because typically people tend to be on one side or the other. They're either really cerebral and mental or they're really emotional and more heart. Um, it's not to say that people can't be a mix of those, and everybody is a mix of those, but people typically tend toward one or the other. And if you tend toward one, you usually uh, aren't really uh, um, you know, moving toward the other one. And so I would say when I think about the idea of the thought of the gift of mercy, I would say that the best way that you could use that is to ask God to bring people into your life who you can show his mercy to, who you could show his uh, um, love toward by being empathetic for the situations in their life. That, that you can sort of, my guess is that you can feel with people in a way that other people can't, or, or that if somebody describes their situation to you, you're able to feel with them. Is that, does that sound right? Yeah, like, if I've cried at people's weddings that I don't even know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've cried at, at people's weddings for people I don't even know. So, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, right on. That's, yeah. So, what I would say is, a lot of times, the way that the gift of mercy works, it's in what I would call a ministry of presence. You know, one of the things that oh. I, I have the privilege to do is to go and visit people when they're uh, in either the best of situations, you know, like they're getting married or they're having kids and things like that, or sometimes the worst of situations when they find themselves in the hospital. Um, and one of the things that's really important for those kinds of things, when tragedy strikes or when there's a sickness that's happened or whatever, it's to go with, to these people, yes, to pray with them. But there's another aspect of this that's really important, and it's just the ministry of presence. 
I don't have all the right answers. I don't even know. I don't know what to say. I, I'm not a doctor. I can't give you some sort of diagnosis or how to, you know, fix this issue medically in your life, but I can be there with you and I can feel with you. And there's just something about that. You know, we've been created as interpersonal beings that we need other people in our lives. We need other relationships in our lives. And there's something really powerful about just being there with people. And so I'd encourage you along those thoughts, along those lines to say, you know, as as you're thinking about this gift of mercy, how can I use it? I would say, number one, ask that God would bring people to you who you can use this gift with them. And then don't be surprised when people show up telling you a bunch of big problems they have in their lives. Realize that that's the Lord bringing people to you so you can love them and you can just be there. You might not have all the answers, but that's not the point. The point is just to love them with the love of, of God. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for calling in. Have a good day. God bless you. You have a good day as well. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. Uh, My name is Cody King. I'm the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary uh, here in studio to take your calls and your text messages. Uh, You can give me a call at 303-690-3000 or send in a text at 720-336-0800. Nine seven. I'd love to be able to hear from you and to see what God's doing in your life. Uh, even just you know, pray with you about certain things that may be happening in your life and things that are going on with you. Hey, one of the things that I am passionate about, uh, one of the things that is just um, you know right at the top of my mind all of the time is uh, teaching the Bible and teaching it well. That I want to make sure that we are doing a good job when we're teaching the Bible, and the reason is because. What, what you're fed really results in your health. I mean, we understand that physically, don't we? If I eat garbage, then I'm going to feel like garbage physically and also probably emotionally. There's a lot of times when, you know, my emotions are all messed up just because I haven't been eating well. And so, you know, as I grow in my discipline to eat those things that are going to be uh, healthy for me and, and not terrible for me, my body feels better. It's the same thing spiritually. We've got to be able to have a good, solid diet of God's word. It's a vitally important thing. And so for me, one of the things that I I love and I'm passionate about is not only making sure that I'm personally growing in my capacity and ability to teach the Bible correctly, but I also want to pass that along. I want to look for um, preachers and teachers who are younger than me in the faith or maybe younger than me in experience, and to be able to encourage them and to pour into them and to give them tools and to equip them. And one of the things I've been able to take part in that I'm really excited about, it's this uh, kind of newer grassroots movement thing that's been around for a little over a year, about a year and a half, um, and it's called the Expositors Collective. And what that is, is it's a 24-hour training weekend. Uh, It's kind of an intensive training weekend set up over a Friday and a Saturday, and it's designed to target younger preachers and teachers of the Bible, both men and women. And the design of it is to be able to to pair up young people who are thinking about preaching and teaching the Bible with those who have a little bit more experience and to be able to uh, pour into them. And so uh, it's for for people, men and women, ages 18 to 34, um, and it's designed to be able to pour into you in some tremendous and amazing ways. The, The word expositors from Expositors Collective, it comes from the idea of exposition or to expose what the Bible says. 
And if we're going to handle the Bible faithfully, and if we're going to pour into people so that they can be spiritually healthy, then we're going to need to expose what the Bible says. The, the only alternative is that we impose our view on the Bible, and we, we don't want to do that. And so um, what our next training weekend for the Expositors Collective is coming up on September 20th and 21st in Howell, New Jersey. So if you're on the East Coast, if you're uh, near Howell, New Jersey, or maybe you're not near the East Coast in Howell, New Jersey, but you're you're willing to travel there, uh, then I would encourage you to show up at this Expositors Collective on September 20th and 21st. You can get information about the Expositors Collective and register for this event at expositorscollective.com. Um, you can get some information about it. You can check out, you know, what, what the schedule looks like, uh, see some of the, the speakers and the small group um, uh, overseers, as well as register. Uh, also, one of the cool things that's uh, going on with the Expositors Collective is we've been able to take the uh, the sessions and to form them into a podcast. So maybe you're thinking, man, I'm not quite 18, or maybe you're on the other side and you're like, I'm a little bit more than 34, but I'd really love the content. Well, for you, I would say, turn your attention toward the podcast. Listen in. Uh, whatever device you listen on, uh, the podcast is available for you and you can check it out, uh, Expositors Collective, and listen in on some of the content. Uh, it's not only the content from the training week weekends, but it's also for uh, some interviews from different people on different ideas and different subjects. So really cool thing. Uh, it's great to be able to participate in that. I love being able to do that. Also, uh, just wanted to remind you, you can give me a call here at uh, Calvary Live. The number is 303-690-3000. And you can also send in a text message at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line two with Michelle from Maryland. Michelle, you're on Calvary Live. Hello. Good evening, Pastor and Taylor. How you doing? Hi, I'm doing well, Michelle. How are you? I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. I'm still just just calling for to ask a question in Scripture and okay. then ask and tell you what's happening real briefly. In Scripture of Jeremiah chapter 17, verse, heal me, uh, verse 17, verse 14, the word God word says, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. I had a situation in June that I'd gone to an orthopedic, uh, advanced orthopedic in, uh, in Owens, Miss Maryland, on June 25th. And the doctor and I were talking in the room, and he took an x-ray of my right knee and then gave me an injection in my left shoulder. So he said that he mentioned that once he uh, submitted it, that it had to be approved for this gel shot, one gel shot. So all the way from June all the way up to the present, uh, I found out, I kept calling the people, talking to the people, and everything found out that I was denied. For the, okay. this gel shot, and then uh, the lady gave me a hard time, and she kept telling me this and telling me that. But um, I'm at a point where I, I read the scripture for for uh, to get a cortisone shot, uh, not yet, but later, uh, God willing, uh, on July 31st to go back to the advanced orthopedic doctor, mm -hmm. and then they had to get a script to do physical therapy, and then for the doctor to submit a. Uh, another uh, appeal, a letter to the people to get this gel one shot so I can be able to be mobile and, and the gel shot lasts, the gel one shot lasts for six months or more. Okay. So yeah. I've been hurting with this pain in my leg. I couldn't even get up. 
few days ago off the floor. I was stuck. I had to oh. pull up on me with my cane. And um, I told my sister about it. I told my mother. And it's like, I'm on my own by myself, you know, going to doctor's appointments. I've been missing doctor appointments, but I had to, you know, get back with the doctors. And I just asked them for prayer, for you to pray with me, for to God to, you know, give the people wisdom on what to do with me because uh, this lady is really bothering me. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm eating the wrong things, like sugar, or sometimes it gets a burning sensation in there, and then it, mm-hmm. it gets hurt. I put ointment on it, take pills, cream. So I'm just asking Absolutely. for prayer for this situation. Definitely. Let's pray. Father, we want to come come to you, and I, I bring Michelle before you. And Lord, I just pray that you would uh, bring your uh, spirit to her and that, God, you would bring comfort to her as she is going through this uh, difficulty of physical pain and her knee is hurting and bothering her and she's trying to go to the doctors and figure out what she can do from a medical perspective. Um, but, Lord, we know that the doctors are only, uh, they're only able to, well, they call it practicing, and uh, for good reason. Lord, we don't know our bodies. We, we don't know why they do what they do, and um, there's a lot of it in terms of medication and medical practices that uh, we're doing that are just that. They're, they're sort of guesses at what, what to do. Uh, Lord, the truth is that you are the great physician. You are the healer. You're the one who knows us better than we know ourselves. You're the one who has knit us together in our mother's womb. You're the one who is our creator. And so you stand over all things and nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too difficult. When we read through your word, just like Michelle pointed out in Jeremiah 17, you are the one who is our healer. Jesus, when we look at your ministry that you performed uh, when when you were on the earth, uh, there were multiple things that you did in healing people from blind people and lame people, people who couldn't talk, uh, a man with a withered hand stretched it out and it was made whole. God, there is nothing too big for you. And we believe and trust and hope in you that you can do whatever you desire. We also know, Lord, that you are the one who's in control. And so I just pray that you would help Michelle to be submissive to you and to your will and whatever it is that you're doing in the middle of this. God, whatever it is that you are orchestrating this for, we pray that your glory would be seen and your glory would be revealed. I'm I'm reminded of how uh, Paul was praying for healing in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and your response to him was that your grace was sufficient, that you weren't going to take the thorn in the flesh away, but that you were going to leave it. And so, God, I just pray that you would help Michelle to understand with wisdom what she should do, what she can do, that she would cry out to you in faith, and that, Lord, you would meet her in those moments and direct her path. We also pray for all the medical professionals, that they would be able to uh, have the wisdom from you that they need to make the right decisions. And so, God, go before Michelle and encourage and bless her, we pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank Amen. you so much for praying with me, Pastor Ed Taylor. God bless you, Michelle. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is uh, Cody King, and uh, I'm in studio here taking your calls. You can give me a call at 303-690-3000 or text in questions at 720-336-0897. Let's go to RJ in uh, Pennsylvania on line one. RJ, you're on Calvary Live. Hi. Hello. What's going on, brother? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm all right, brother. I'm I'm right. I'm, I'm blessed, brother. I, I, the Lord is, you know, Lord Lord does His thing. Amen. Oh, 
I, I had a comment on uh, the Bible being a self-help book. Okay. Um, one, of, one of my motivations is the Bible. It, it drives me, and I, I, I like to look at myself as a vehicle in that, in that respect. And the Bible is like my self-help book, where it's, where it's my manual. And it drives me to understand the vehicle. Yeah. But I definitely um, value the the word as as a as a self help as as well as a um, discipline acknowledgement within the histories and and the factors and glory to the Lord. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I might not be exactly in line with where, what you're referencing, because you're probably listening to this broadcast on a week delay. Um, and so you're probably talking about something that was, that's on the radio program that you're listening to currently. Yeah. I was actually trying to figure out why I wasn't here. (laughs) So. Why does it sound radio. a little bit different? Yeah, yeah. So the the way that we broadcasted on the East Coast here is because we're we're in Denver. Uh, we broadcasted on okay. a week delay. Um, so yeah, it's I, I'm not sure exactly what the context of the conversation is that you're listening to, but you know I yeah. I agree I would agree with you that I think that the Bible does give us self help stuff, but I think that when Definitely. we approach it from that perspective, then we're approaching it like sort of, I don't know, just any kind of secular book or anything that's out there right. instead yeah, of as God's and, and Word. and that's why I, def, I, I definitely appreciate it and the acknowledgement of what you were saying and, and what you guys were saying. It definitely is not something that you can just go ahead and indulge and, you know, take pieces and, and fragment it the way you want it. Sure, you know, yeah. You definitely, you definitely have to take it full value. You yeah. Know. Absolutely, and that's vitally important because you can take any anything in the Bible, and then if you just take a piece of it and make it say whatever you want it to say, then man, that's where a lot of our false doctrines and heresies and lots of religious cults have come from is taking the Bible and twisting it because it's not in line with what the Bible is actually saying and actually teaching. It's vital that we know what it really says. No, no, I just at the lesson today it was talking about how Peter. Was, was was saying that you know that you know we need to respect that it wasn't just you know some some illusional thing of them being on the mountain with Christ and and seeing Elijah and seeing Moses it was a it was a real thing it wasn't you know like a hallucinogen hallucinogen yeah. thing you know it was it was great I'm I'm trying to get some more some more food so not get off the phone brother. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that, you know, as I'm thinking through it, you know, one of the things that is vitally important, I think, in this is that um, we, the whole point of of Bible teaching and understanding the Bible is so that we do apply it to our lives. That's really the point. And so if we're, you know, just learning the Bible for the sake of learning it, then that's where the the scripture tells us that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So the point is, I do something with it. So there is a sense in which that that kind of connects to the idea of self-help, but in the other yeah. terms of it, you know, people like to really just... you got to be narrow. It's definitely one of those those careful things. You, you definitely have to be able to explain yourself and mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, be able to, you know, because like, 
like, I mean, even as you were talking, you know, it was like, I don't want to just read the manual. I want to be able to like, understand, you know, this is how this part works. This is how, and, and love it and indulge it within respect. Not just, oh, I'm, I'm going to read the manual. I have yeah. it in the car. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, well, really what it comes down to is the, the whole point of knowing the Bible is to know not the Bible, but to know the God of the Bible. That's the point. And if I know the God of the Bible, then then that's where I'm using it correctly. But a lot, you know, a lot of people just reduce it down to some platitudes and random sayings, and that doesn't do anybody any good at all. So well, it was really great to talk to you today. Thank you, brother. Awesome, RJ. God bless you, man. Yes. Oh. All right. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. I'm the lead and founding pastor at Redemption Calvary here in studio taking your calls. We're going to take a break, but you can give me a call. This is a great chance to get in. Uh, we got a couple of open lines, 303-690-3000. We'll see you after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, hey, what's going on? My name is Cody King. I'm here in studio taking your calls and your text messages uh, for Calvary Live. You can give me a call 303-690-3000 or send me in a text message at 720-336-0897. I uh, want to welcome all of our listeners on Grace FM up and down the front range. It's awesome to be able to be with you together today uh, from Denver down to Pueblo, uh, all the way up into uh, Wyoming and even parts of Nebraska. Uh, it's awesome to be able to uh, spend some time with you looking into the scriptures and talking about the things of the Lord. Also, I uh, want to welcome our listeners on the East Coast, Hope FM and Truth FM in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania New Jersey, Maryland. Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky. It's great to have you guys with us. We love being able to connect with our listeners on the East Coast, as well as uh, people listening on the app or the live web stream uh, in Oregon and South Dakota, Minnesota, Texas, Indiana, Ohio, Florida, South Carolina, Kansas. Uh, We love being able to have our listeners uh, call in, text in. So please uh, give some Uh, time to give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to pray with you and to see what the Lord is doing in your life. So right now, let's go to uh, line three and Allison from New Jersey. Allison, you're on Calvary Live. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing well, Allison. How are you? Good, good. Um, It's funny how God works in my life because I started going back to church after my mother passed away. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was, it's been two years since then, but um, through a friend, um, I went back to church, and it was a, it's an older church. Okay. And I'm Catholic. I was born and raised Catholic, but not my whole entire life. I grew up in a volatile household. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I went to a Methodist church, and it's an older Methodist church with okay. older people. And my question is, I have lots of questions, is... Um, how do you stay motivated in an older church where you sometimes, where I sometimes, when I first started going, I 
got my feet wet and I was trying to get a feel for everything and just going back to church was something new. Um, how do you stay motivated in an older church where you feel like everything is already settled and they're set in their ways and everyone has their little, I don't want to say click, but it's like, it feels like that. This church, sure. every Tuesday we help feed people that need to be fed. So I started okay. getting involved in that. And then I got out of it. How do you stay motivated, you know? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. You know, what? I found myself, I went through, I went and had surgery on my hand, and um, I couldn't go to church because I couldn't drive. So okay. then I started falling back into the deep abyss because sure. I wasn't reading the Word when I was uh -huh. at home. And I'm watching things on television and reading other things instead of reading the book. Sure. Okay? And I... My my words, my tongue, you know, I had a slight of tongue. I was quick to judge. I noticed a whole change in me, almost like, you know, the devil, you know, and I would be like, yeah. devil, get behind me, devil, get behind me. And how do you, you know, and I noticed, I noticed the change and the negativity, more negativity, I and I felt like getting into things that I normally wouldn't be getting into, mm -hmm. um, saying things that I normally wouldn't have said to people, quick, yeah. quick, you know, quick with my tongue. And I don't like it. It's a terrible feeling. Sure. I, I, I was feeling really hopeful there, especially after my mother passed away. Yeah. Felt great despair, but then I found the church again. So it's like, um, 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 going through major conflict. So then I turn on the radio to go to the farmer's market, and there you are on the radio. Amen. Speaking. Awesome. Yeah, well, amen. I'm glad, I'm glad you tuned in. That's really, really great. Uh, you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? Not at all. Sure. Okay, so um, I just want to make sure I'm answering the question that you're asking. So um, yeah. when, you, when you chose this church, how did you find it? What directed you to it? Why did you choose this specific church? Um, it was actually my State Farm agent, <laughs> to be quite honest with you, right um, an older woman. She knew that I was going through some problem. Um, some, um, she knew that I was very depressed about my mother's passing because I had taken care of my mother up until her death. I yeah. moved in with her, um, and I left my house, locked up my house, and I moved in with her. And I took care of my mom, and she passed away, and then yeah. I had to move back to the area. Okay. And I was just, I was not getting out of the house. I wasn't mm -hmm. leaving the house. I, I became very depressed. So she said, why don't you come to our church? Well, that's great. I'm glad that she invited you. Um, mm -hmm. So I, the other question I would ask is, and the reason I'm going to ask this is because I think it's the most important question I can ask you about any church. I don't care what the name of the church is. It is okay. the most important question I could ask. And that okay. is, are they teaching the Bible? Now, let me qualify that. Not are they teaching about the Bible, but are they teaching the Bible? Which means, they are, do they open mm -hmm. the Bible, read from the Bible, and explain the Bible to you? That That's just not a given at every church, and so that's why I, w I wanted to ask that question. They do. Okay, that's good. They do. That's great. They do this um, every Tuesday night, and um, and then they have Bible study afterwards Okay. to good. reiterate what they what they. Uh, read in the Bible inside the church. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would say, um, you know, the, the, that's the primary thing. That's what really matters the most because mm-hmm. a church that is submitted to the scriptures is going to be submitted to God and God is going to be directing that church. And so, um, that's where I would say that's the primary thing for me. Uh, that's what matters the most is being able to say, you know, how, how is, how can it be that God's going to move through this church if they are disconnected from his word? So that's primary and that's most important. So I would say that, you know, on top of that, the thing that I would add to it would be that um, the the secondary issue would be that a church is a lot like a family, and um, you've got to be connected to that family in order to be able to grow with that family, it, it, you know, just to use that analogy. And so, right. um, you know, not every single church is going to suit every single person. Um, and so that's that's totally fine. And it's okay to be there for a season and for the Lord to move you somewhere else. Um, so I, I don't know if that's, you know, going to happen in the future. I'm not trying to tell you that you need to leave a church or anything like that. What I'm trying to say is that um, asking God to give you direction on, is this the church that you've placed me at? Uh, or is there something else that you want me to do? I think it's a valid question to ask, and it's something to think through. Um, thinking about, go ahead. Should I, um, branch out to other churches? And I don't want to say younger churches, but churches with maybe, does age really matter? People that are more my age, a church that I can grow with, does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's a valid question to ask. Um, I think that a, um... That's a really hard one to answer in a direct way because um, we don't really know what God is doing in different places. But but here's what I would say yeah. in general. Okay, so this is a general blanket statement. Generally, right. uh, a church that's healthy is going to have people in varying walks of uh, you know life in terms of the demographic of their age. Um, right. There, there are going to be people like for for our church for example, we have people who are. Um, in their their retirement age, and we've got people who are um, you know not even married in their early twenties and everywhere in between with a bunch of kids and things like that as well. So I think that that that's a healthy thing to have within a church. I think it's not healthy when a church is all just young people or all just old people. Um, and so Correct. you know uh, that's but that's not necessarily always true. You know, so uh, I don't want to understood. Speak, you know, um, so I think it is something to, to consider, you know, as I'm considering different things. But uh, when I think about what you're describing in terms of uh, the struggle that you're having with uh, just, you know, Christian life, it's something I was actually thinking about earlier today. And uh, I'd like to share just a little bit of a Bible study with you on it. Um, okay. In Romans chapter 12, verse 21, it says this, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I think that's a really tremendous verse, and it actually shows us something that's really important. You see, um, many times in our Christian life, we're spending a lot of effort in trying not to do certain things. And that's not necessarily bad to think like that, because there are lots of things that people do that are inconsistent with Christianity, even those who are professing Christ, right? We struggle with the flesh. We struggle with sin. Uh, And so there are things that we should not be doing. But I think that uh, when we are thinking along these ideas of uh, not doing stuff, then what we're doing is we're sort of reducing um, Christianity and the Bible down to a moral imperative of don't do bad things. 
And really what we see here in Romans 12, 21 is that uh, when it says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, it's revealing something that we tend to forget. And it's the fact that evil is looking to take us over. And I think that's what you're describing, that, that as I've gone to the church and now I've kind of pulled away because of different things and, and just circumstances, now that I'm finding myself disconnected a little bit, I'm in this position where uh, evil is trying to overcome me. And so I think that we've got to remember that this is a spiritual battle that we're fighting. It's not going to be, you know, just me trying to uh, pull myself up and try really hard and to say, you know, that I've, I've got to uh, not do some bad stuff. Um, it's that something else has to be happening. You know, also what we see in this battle. is the and how. I feel it. I'm very in tune to it. And I noticed it and I noticed it immediately. And it's, um, just getting there, if you just get there and you're there in the presence of the Lord and, and in that, it, it will it will lessen the, the, I guess, the negative thoughts that might go through your mind where they mo- might not necessarily be there in the first place had I just um, kept on keeping on sure. with the church. Yeah. Um, be, uh, because I, yeah, it's just it, I fully believe in that, and I, 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 and I know that my my reason for being and existing in this world is to do something in the eyes of God, for God, about God, and because I don't feel good if I'm not walking with God, yeah. and I find that I'm quick tongued. Mm-hmm. And and it just it doesn't feel good being in on this earth without him in my life. Yeah. I, well, I think that the second half of this verse really gives you the how. So so that's the what. The what is, um, you know, I need to not do bad stuff. Well, how how do I do that? Well, the second half of the verse is it says, "Do not be overcome by evil," and then the word "but," overcome evil with good. So. Really, the, the yeah. thing is, it's not found in your ability. It's not found in your willpower. It's not found in your great discipline. The truth is that instead of over being come, you, need, you and I need to be overcomers. And that happens by what this says, by doing good. So I, I like sports, and so I'll use a sports analogy to try to paint it in a little bit. I, I like golf, uh, and you know I, I'm terrible at it, but I like to go play sometimes. And I have a, ten, uh, a tendency to have a slice, which means that when I hit the ball, it curves to the right really hard. Or sometimes I hit the top of the ball and it doesn't really go the way that it's supposed to go. And the reason that that happens is because I lift my eyes off of the ball and I want to look at where it's going to fly. And the okay. moment that I do that, I'm going to miss the ball. I- I'm not going to hit it correctly. And so too it is when my focus is off physically that I miss, so too it is spiritually. That that in overcoming evil, if my focus is on don't do bad stuff, then we're going to miss. But if our focus is instead honor and serve the Lord, then we don't have to worry about not doing the bad stuff. Um, Here's how Galatians 5.16 says it. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. You see, the idea of having victory over your sinful flesh comes from walking in the spirit of God. We have a tendency to say, well, this is the bad stuff and I need to focus on not doing the bad stuff. 
The truth is, instead of focusing on that, if I simply focus on being filled with the Holy Spirit and submitting to him in his direction, that in and of itself is going to cause me to be able to not be submitted to my flesh, to have victory over the flesh. If I walk in the Spirit, the natural, supernatural result is I will not fulfill the lust of the Spirit. So I think that's the explanation of why you feel that way when you're going to church, because you're so, you're honoring the so Lord. True. You're trying to be where right. he's at. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and and. And um, and if it doesn't feel good, then 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 why not? You know, why not stay in His presence and just continue to have the heart of Christ and uh, and not get lost. I think, yep. yeah, I, I I took a step back when I had the surgery on my hand, and I became very discouraged with the surgery that I had on my hand, and I thought to myself. Well, should I have had it? Or I, I sort of second guessing instead of being positive and believing that okay, now God will heal me and I'll be okay. I was thinking, well, why did I do this? Because I think God was healing me before, and I think I was doing okay. But I followed through with the surgery. It's just a complicated situation. Yeah. But I became very um, discouraged, and I and mm-hmm. I walked away from God since I've had this surgery instead of. Staying with him and and knowing that he will help me through my pains. Absolutely. Yep. He won't. Uh, he won't leave you or abandon you. Said I ran away from him, saying, "Why? Why? You know? Why did? Why did you let me do this?" Yeah. Yep. Well, the truth is, the reality is that uh, even though painful things come into our lives. That's not, that doesn't prove that God abandoned us, you know, and, and yet we tend to feel that way. So can I pray for you, Allison? Yes. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for Allison. I thank you for her calling in today. I pray that you would be near to her, that you would lead and direct her, God. And as she's considering what to do and her involvement with the church that she's currently at, Lord, I pray that you would direct her path. God, if this is the church that you would have for her, then just confirm that within her and help her to plug in in different ways. Uh, Or if you're leading her somewhere else, God, I pray that you would direct her. And as her um, uh, shepherd, the shepherd of her soul, that you would take her to the place that you would have her to be. So God, uh, bless her and encourage her, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to uh, Adrian in Denver on line one. Adrian, you're on Calvary Live. Hello. Hi, Adrian. Hey, it's a quick question about the um, dietary laws we have in the Bible. I know in the Old Testament, the Beta case, but um, in my um, studies throughout the Bible, I think they still stand today. So I get your opinion opinion about that. Okay. Yeah, so what I would say is... Uh, that as I think about that, um, there are a couple of different places that I think, um, and right off the top of my head, the first place is in Acts, I believe it's chapter 10, I'm going to turn to my Bible right there, Um, and yeah, Acts chapter 10, this is when um, the gospel goes to the Gentiles, Uh, so the gospel primarily before Acts chapter 10 was primarily in Jerusalem, and it hadn't gone out to any anybody else outside of Jerusalem. And uh, essentially, Jesus had told his disciples before he ascended into heaven that the gospel is going to be going out to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. And what they had done was they'd stayed in Jerusalem. And so the Lord was using a a series of things, including persecution, to move his people into various parts of the world. 
And what we have here is that um, uh, in Acts chapter 10, Peter is, uh, he has, receives a, a vision uh, while he's sitting in a house in Joppa. And the vision that he has in verses 9 through 16, uh, it says there uh, in verse, let's see, verse 11, it says, uh, And saw heaven open, and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him, let down to earth. And it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, and it's Jesus' voice that says, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything common or unclean. Uh, and then the voice, verse 15, a voice spoke to him again a second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. And this was done three times and the object was taken up into heaven. And so, you know, what we see here is that God is using this as an analogy to say that the gospel is going to go into the land of the Gentiles, but also what it's showing us is that the dietary law is uh, no longer going to be uh, in effect as far as that goes uh, from that point. Um, also, when uh, later on in the book of Acts, um, I believe it's chapter 16, or no, it's chapter 15, maybe. Uh, essentially, what they do is they have a council where they're trying to figure out what, what kind of laws are we going to impose upon uh, the, the Gentiles, you know, as there are these Gentiles coming in and really the big thing that they wanted to figure out was, should we make them get circumcised and what's going to, what's going to go on there. Um, and so it says there in Acts chapter 15, verse 28, uh, this council meets together and the Lord gives them direction and they write a letter. And this is part of the letter. It says, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these things. That, that you need to abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, uh, and keep from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you'll do well, farewell. And, and so essentially in that, there is uh, sort of an abandoning of the idea of all of these rules and regulations within um, clean and unclean animals. Really, the, the issue has more to do with whether or not um, it's it's been... Uh, offered to an idol and has something to do with idol worship, uh, not so much if it's a pig or if it is uh, a beef. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, see, the, I thought that vision was, it was Cornelius. It was about man. It wasn't about food because, you know, back then they couldn't talk to Gentiles that eat unclean. And the whole, the whole vision was about man. It wasn't really about food. Yeah, it was, it was about both. So God was using, uh, primarily it was for uh, the gospel to be going through Peter to the Gentiles, because he was, right after that is when Peter goes to uh, Cornelius' house. Um, but in that, um, Peter immediately thought of it as food. He had no idea that that's what God was doing. It wasn't until he traveled to Cornelius' house and actually met with him and talked with him that he understood, oh, it's having to do with that as well. So there's a sense in which it is applied to both the food and to the gospel going to the Gentiles. Hmm. Okay. All right, Adrian, thanks for calling. All right, uh, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name's Cody King. I'm here in studio taking your calls and your prayer requests. Let's go to line two and Larry uh, in Greeley, Colorado. Larry, uh, you're on Calvary Live. Larry, did we lose you? All right, look, sounds like we may have lost Larry, but uh, it says here on my screen that he was calling about the idea of exegesis and how, how do we do that well 
and not interject your own ideas? I think that's a really great question. Uh, it's one that's really, really important um, because as we're thinking about how to interpret the Bible correctly, that is huge. Um, it's a, a, a really big thing for us to be able to know that we're doing well and doing correctly. And so uh, the word exegesis, um, and maybe for you, our listeners, maybe this is the first time you're hearing that word exegesis. Uh, I remember the first time I heard that word, I thought it had something to do with Jesus because it sounds like Jesus, right? But it actually, it's not It's not about Jesus directly at all. Uh, it's actually spelled differently. So um, the, the word is spelled with a, a G instead of J, right? So anyway, the whole idea of exegesis, it is the contrast to the idea of eisegesis. So exegesis is to expound or expose or draw from the Bible. And eisegesis is to put into the Bible. Essentially, there are two different ways that you can approach Bible study. And you can either approach Bible study from the perspective that says, God is the authority, his word stands in authority over my life, or I stand in authority over the scriptures. And so either you have one choice or the other. Either you're going to be the authority or God's going to be the authority. And if God's the authority, then we need to be submissive to him and what his word says. And so the idea of exegesis or exposing or the expositors, kind of an idea, uh, expositors collective, like I was talking about earlier, uh, that whole thing is to say that the, um, the, the, the goal is to take the Bible and to expose what it says. And so in order to do that well, in order to do it correctly, mostly it has to do with context. The words of the Bible are there in order to convey meaning. That's what words are for. They don't have any meaning in and of themselves. They, they have meaning based upon the other words that are around them. Uh, and so what we've got to do is we've got to be able to understand the scriptures in context uh, of, of what's being spoken and what's being said. Um, the, the truth is that when people are taken out of context, then you can, you can put any words you want into their mouth and make them say whatever you want. And I'm sure that that may have happened to you at some time in your life where someone has put words into your mouth or they've quoted you out of context or they've said that you said something that you didn't say but they used some words and they twisted the words in order to make it mean something that you never intended. And when we do that to God's word, you better believe that he's just as offended as we are that we're mishandling his word. God has something that he means. There is something that he said. There is a reason why he said the things that he said. In fact, in 2 Peter, uh, I believe it's chapter 1 and around verse 20, we're told that the, the scriptures are not up for private interpretation. You don't get to say, this is what I think the Bible means. The, the whole goal of understanding the Bible is to understand what God meant. What, what is God talking about? Why did he write this? What's his thought on this? And so, um, you know, that's what exposition or expository or exegesis is all about. I'm seeking to expose what God's word says. So there are a number of, of contexts that you need to look at when you're thinking about this. And so this might be a, kind of a big thought for you, but think of it like concentric circles. Or, you know, if you take a pebble and you throw it into a pond and, uh, you know, there's ripples that come out. Uh, think of it like concentric circles like that in terms of the, uh, the kind of context. So you have a certain word that you're looking at and you're wondering, what does that mean? Well, you've got to look at the words surrounding that word, and that would be the first closest ring. What are the words within that sentence that would give that word meaning? 
similar to, I'll use a very simple one, like the idea of love. I can say that I love In-N-Out Burger because that's amazing and, and Jesus made it. Uh, or I could also say I love my dog and I can say I love my kids and I love my wife. All of those have different meanings. They don't mean the same thing just because I said the word love. You have to find out what the other words are around that word in order to stand, understand what I mean by love. If you don't understand the other words in the sentence, then you don't understand what I'm saying when I say love. Then you could just insert whatever you want. And sadly, that's how a lot of people handle the scriptures. And what we end up with is a bunch of crazy thoughts about crazy things that have nothing to do with what God's saying. So first and foremost is to say not only what that what is that word, but what is the sentence? Well, also, sentences and thoughts are arranged in paragraphs of thought. So too is your Bible. Your Bible is organized in paragraphs of thought. And it might be a couple of verses. It might be 10 or 15 verses. It might be an entire chapter. It might actually go into another chapter. It could be a couple of chapters or maybe uh, six or eight verses from one chapter and a couple of verses from another chapter. Um, and so finding that paragraph of thought is an important aspect. But not only that, we have the word, the sentence, the paragraph of thought, but there's the book of the Bible. Uh, the books of the Bible are different in terms of the way that they communicate different things. And so, you know, there are books that are poetic and there are some books that are historic and there are other books that are teaching doctrine and you don't interpret them the same way. Uh, there might be things that are said in a poetic sense that don't make, that they don't make sense in terms of a doctrinal statement. And so we don't interpret them that way. Not only that, the book of the Bible, but also the Testament of the Bible. Is it Old Testament? Is it New Testament? And then the Bible as a whole. So you've got to be able to take all of those contexts in order to understand what's happening correctly in any single verse, which is why when we talk about things like dietary law or whatever, people get really stuck on, well, I think we should, you know, not eat uh, shellfish and, and pigs, but it, that doesn't fit within the context of the entirety of the Bible. So, hey, uh, you've been listening to Calvary Live. It's my privilege to be able to be with you today. I pray that you are blessed. Uh, visit us at redemptioncalvary.org. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.